Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. JJ and Looney Podcast, episode 168, powered by our friends at Bet Online. Down the stretch they come! The Kentucky Derby coming up this weekend. Not only the Kentucky Derby, but Lakers, Warriors, NBA semifinals. LeBron James, Steph Curry, the boogeyman. God, I can't wait. What a great sports weekend we've got coming up. What a great sports month we've got coming up with the NBA Finals. You need to bet on those games. You also have the futures as well to bet on. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? You get some great odds and some teams at betonline.ag. You can also bet on Major League Baseball, the NHL Stanley Cup playoff, and the sweet science. Oh, my God. Did you see that Ryan Garcia tank fight? Oh, my God. I enjoyed that. I, I, I wanted Ryan Garcia. Followed him for a long time. But nevertheless, love the event. What a great fight. And did you wager on it? Do you wager on sports? Well, you got to start. If you haven't started yet, do it at Bet Online. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting information, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite games, get a 50% welcome bonus just for being friends with JT and Looney. That's a 15%, a 50, 50% welcome bonus. Type in the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, as in the BELIEVE podcast network, the platform where you get your JT and Looney podcast. And, you know, put down 500, they'll give you 250. All of a sudden, you start with 750 at Bet Online, where the game starts. And now the podcast starts, damn it. When you were a kid, did your parents eat plain donuts? Remember Dunkin' Donuts? And you go to Dunkin' Donuts, I would get the chocolate honey glaze. They had so many great flavors. My mother would get a plain donut. I guess, uh, have you ever had a plain donut? We are not, uh, we were never a big uh, donut family. We right. grew up in Long Island, New York. We had something much better called bagels. Bagels. Yeah, bagels. Oh, so yeah. We did not need to have donuts. As a matter of fact, I don't ever recall my mom or dad bringing donuts into our home. That was wow. never, uh, that was never a thing. Wow. Well, it's a good thing that they didn't because donuts, which are, they're very good, but. God, they're full of sugar. And we didn't have a lot of junk in our house, so we didn't eat many donuts. And obviously, my mother was not a big fan. Or why would she have gotten the plain? So I always thought of old people as getting the plain donut and young people as getting the good stuff. Just the bagel full of calories, something that I've, I've justified in my life. <laughs> well, if you want to eat well and you want to get swole like you or you want to work in any way and kind of drop a few, you can't go bagels. And then what you can yeah, put in the bagel. I'm a guy, uh, really funny not maybe for everybody, but interesting story. My Long Island buddies, uh, Jimmy Brown and uh, a couple other friends are sealing air packing bagels from Long Island and sending it to me. So every once in a while, once or twice a year, we'll get an air fresh, the best bagels you can buy. Beautiful from our hometown there. And it's fantastic. So if I have family coming to town, like I do, my mom and dad are coming in or others. I'll ask one of my friends, Hey, just do me a favor, get a dozen or two dozen and send them out here and you freeze them. Then you have them for breakfast. You have some schmear, some <laughs> cheese. You have locks, whatever you want to put on it. And it's fantastic. But I, I probably gluttony. never had a bagel till I was probably a teenager because they were not part of upstate New York culture. Which is shocking to me. 
Yeah. Well, well, yeah. New York is a very Jewish Italian culture in uh, downstate New York. Upstate New York is more of an Irish Catholic German culture with a, with a wink and a nod to the, the Italians as well, as my aunt used to say. Well, you can't get bagels anywhere, anywhere near New York bagels and all the conspiracy theorists or it's the water. A lot oh, of it has to do with the water, yeah. with the pizza dough and right. the bagels and how they make the bread and all that. But I've tried bagels all over the world. And nothing comes close to a Long Island, New York bagel. Perfect. And a lot of people get their bagels, Tom, instead of the English muffin, white Mm. toast, wheat toast. I always hate that when you're at the diner. I still go to a diner probably once a month or twice Uh a month out here to do my prep. And I'll order and they'll ask, what type of toast do you want? And if they don't have a bagel, I usually go with the dry wheat because they smother the toast with so much butter that your calorie count, if you want to eat some egg whites, (laughs) if you want to have some tomato on the side, they just destroy you with that. So I'm a wheat toast guy. What about you? Well, first of all, let me tell you something. The butter's fine. It's the bread that's the problem. Yeah, you've always said that. Well, yeah, we, we grow up thinking fat made you fat because they, they didn't know anything about nutrition when we grew up. And now that we know more, don't worry about the butter you put on stuff. Worry about what you're putting it on. Putting a little butter on your broccoli, you're okay. Putting butter on your bread. And, you know, it's surprising to find out that a bagel might be as many calories as a donut. But what would I order if I did order toast with my meal? And I do sometimes. I call that splurging, eating bread. It's how insane I am with my diet. But uh, sourdough. I think there's something magical. I know. There's something magical that happens when you put butter on sourdough toast. Oh, my God. Oh, and I just want to remind everybody that white toast is wheat toast. Oh, you can't make you can't make bread without wheat. Shout out to my buddy, Chef Barry, uh, Barry Daycake, who owns Barry Steakhouse here in Vegas. Circa Hotel, one of the best steakhouses in the world. And you know how much I love a good steakhouse. Right. You could sit down and the bread before the steak dinner. I'm talking you could get a porterhouse. You could split a ribeye. You can get lobster on the side. You can barely get through the bread, the homemade bread that they make on site. By the time you get a basket or two of it, you haven't ordered yet. You're like, this was dinner. It was fantastic. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you I believe mean, I... a good restaurant? You took me to Little Dom's and others. Oh. You believe a good restaurant should have great bread, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, As you know, how many times over the years have I talked about Taylor's Steakhouse, a legendary steakhouse in Koreatown, yeah. where everyone in Koreatown is from El Salvador and Mexico, but that's a whole other story. And, and uh, Koreatown, Taylor's Steakhouse, and they do have homemade sourdough bread. So I do. Do I eat bread when I go to Taylor's Steakhouse? Yes! When in Rome, right? And that was, you know, it was St. Thomas Aquinas, I think, or maybe it was St. Augustine who needed to spend time in Rome. But he wasn't from Rome. And he said to some of his uh, colleagues, God, you know, they all their holidays are on different days and they eat different food. And what do I do when I'm there? And they said, when in Rome, just do as the Romans do. Yeah. And that's where that comes from. It was advice given to a priest who had to spend time in Rome. Well, we got a lot to cover here on the JT and Looney podcast. Please, you're watching. Uh, you're watching now because my son's put this up on YouTube as we're growing that. But you're listening on any of your platforms. Just, again, like and share. You yes. just got to like and share as we get our numbers up. And our numbers are up. So we greatly appreciate that. I want to welcome in a new partner, Modelo. Love it. Modelo here on the YouTube page, the fighting spirit of Modelo. Appreciate them. I do a lot with Modelo in Vegas. One of my clients on the radio here, and I'm throwing him in 
on the YouTube portion of this podcast, so we're really happy about that. I was immersed in the NFL draft. I anchored it for the Raiders for over 20 years. I was in the uh, studio right underneath the war room where Peter King, big secret, had access. No one knew. Raiders let him in for a few days. He was up there and hosted it with a couple of former Raiders, Eric Allen and Lincoln Kennedy. So I'm immersed in the first couple of rounds. Big takeaways around the NFL. One of the ballsiest trades ever. I don't think you'll ever see it again. Houston had the two and the 12. They took C.J. Stroud, I thought was smart. Get your quarterback. You don't want to have the first or second pick often, like the Jaguars had and other teams for years. So they took C.J. Stroud. Then they traded from 12 to 3. They didn't trade from 12 to 11 or move up or move back. They went to 3, got Will Anderson. So Houston gave up a lot to do that, but they got foundational players, quarterback and edge rusher. So I give them a lot of credit. And then the other big story, the Eagles took three starters from the Georgia National Championship defense, including Jalen Carter, who dropped because there was a road incident where there was two people who died in an auto race. He wasn't in the car where the two got killed. But he was in the other one. So people kind of shied away. Seattle with Pete Carroll. The Raiders got off him at seven. And he goes to who? Howie Roseman and the Eagles. So the Eagles, by the end of the first round, had two starting defensive linemen on already a great defense from the Georgia Bulldogs. So the Eagles got a lot of positive press, Tom. You don't want to be in a scandal where anyone dies just before the draft. But you do want to be in a scandal. It's really good for your career when you drop. Really, because then you drop from a team that stinks to a good team. Then you drop like Ben Roethlisberger or Dan Marino. And you go from a team that stinks. Dan Marino went to a team that was in the Super Bowl the year before. And Ben Roethlisberger goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Warren Sapp. Warren Sapp, one of the greatest players. Hall of Famer, a defensive tackle, dropped for Tampa Bay. And a lot of times, and the quarterback, Will Levis. Oh, let me get this in. I hope this is the last time anyone, especially a quarterback, brings their girlfriend into the green room when they're dropping. <sighs> Don't do it. Don't. The girlfriend is either going to be your girlfriend because you're going to break up with her because you're going to become a millionaire and find someone hotter. <laughs> All due respect, look at Russell yep. Wilson. Remember yep. wife one, yep. wife two. I got to give Patrick Mahomes, he's been loyal to his wife, but there's been a lot of them that, you know, Will Levis bringing the girlfriend in there, and the girlfriend, she's not a quarterback. She shouldn't be there. She's not a quarterback. She's in the green room, and then the boyfriend is dropping or, you know, the fiancé, whatever it is, and you look around and go, oh, no. Oh, no, he's trying to handle it well. He's kind of sneaking a look at his phone. He's looking at the text from his agent over there or whatever. But the girlfriend, Mm. she gets all the camera time because she can't handle it well. Why are we dropping? Why didn't we get taken there? Why did Anthony Richardson get taken? (laughs) Keep the girls out of the room other than the moms and the grandmoms. They belong in the green room, not the girlfriends. Keep them out. They're embarrassing. Yeah, and it's happened more than once. We've seen it happen. We've seen it happen with boyfriends as well, with Michael Salmon. We've seen it happen with Aaron Rodgers. Brady Quinn, good guy. Uh, By the way, spent time with him at weddings, funerals, and at work. And it's still looking when the when the draft comes around, not his great career at Notre Dame and his okay career in the NFL. No, it's draft day and the embarrassing draft day. And you don't want that to happen uh, with uh, too many people on your lap. With all the experience I've had in my career covering drafts, I've learned this the hard way. 
You can't evaluate it till three or four years out. Of right. course, you can evaluate a quarterback quickly. You got Mahomes, you get Russell Wilson, you get some quarterbacks, you take Peyton Manning over Ryan Leaf, you find out quickly you got it right. But normally, you wait three or four years to see if the players work out. Fans go crazy because the fans actually think they're smarter than the GM who has a scouting department, talks to the owner and the coach, and they believe the fans that they have a better pick than the GM who gets paid to do this. But it's it's a part of Americana now. The NFL draft Thursday night by itself. Then you get the second and third round. You pause again. You move it from city to city. You make it like an outdoor festival. They even brought back Motley Crue where Vince Neal couldn't get right. in shape. They gave him plenty of time to maybe get a trainer yes. and lose 30 pounds. And Vince didn't care about that, and he worked with a voice track. And you get bands like Motley Crue to come in and play the draft. But, you know, Kansas City has a fountain. Uh, Las Vegas has a better one, the Bellagio Fountains. Oh, yeah. They, I keep the draft in Vegas. With well, all the respect I, I thought that that would happen. As a matter of fact, it might still happen in the future. But I thought after the, the party Vegas put on that uh, – that Nashville. It, Nashville too. Oh, Nashville! Yeah, Nashville was was good, and a lot. And Philadelphia did a great job back in the day. As I remember, I loved New York. It was a Radio City Music Hall for a while, mm-hmm. uh, but they, you know, they got to spread it around, or they don't. You know, you don't have to spread it around. They don't spread the Super Bowl around. They don't, they don't play the Super Bowl in Buffalo ever, right? So they tried it in New York in cold weather. How'd that go? No. Doesn't go not, well. Yeah, it does, it does not go well. It, uh, they've even screwed that up by putting it in Dallas back in the day uh, when uh, they had a, some, some kind of weird. Remember the Black Ice in Dallas? Remember that? With the uh, Super so you, Bowl. Yeah, yes, with, with the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. So uh, you got to be careful where you put it and you, you, because of the, uh, the, the, what it looks like on television. Did you see the faux pas with your Knicks? On television, when they were going to commercial or from commercial, they showed the Empire State Building and the Twin Towers. Yeah. Yeah. It had to be. That had to be someone so young picking out that graphic. See what happens when you fire people and you bring in someone half their age for half the money. Sometimes things like that happen. I guarantee you that's what happened there. Well, speaking of firing, uh, it took me a while to embrace that we should be talking more about the media. I've wondered why, you know, cable news is very decisive sports. We're in that business so people can take it personally. But it took me a long time on the JT and Looney podcast to embrace the elephant in the room that I watch Fox News. I lean to the right, but I think more to the center. I like to get my headlines. I know their pundits and opinions more than news. Well, you're definitely center now. Yeah, and then <laughs> uh, they got rid the of Tucker. And I was on a golf course at Fred Bolitnikoff's event, and I'm there, and all of a sudden my phone blew up. Tucker's out. Don Lemon's out. And that I'm going, what? And uh, we talked about Tucker in the last podcast, and he does, like, specials on eating bugs. And he does right. specials <laughs> where he talks to Kid Rock, who shoots up right. Bud Light, and all that. And then Tucker got let go because he cannot act accordingly in the workplace. Something that's been very easy for me my entire life because I love going to work. I love talking to people, meeting people. I love not using foul language at work. I don't talk down to women privately in public or at work or in my backyard. And it turns out that Tucker was using some bad words around the workplace and people were counting, counting how many times he used the bad words. So on top of everything with getting Dominion wrong for Fox News and the fact that he said he didn't like the president on text that were taken in discovery 
It looked like he got whacked because he didn't know how to deal with women in the workplace. Not only that, you put things in writing like you don't believe a word you're, you're saying that's coming out of your own mouth on a news channel. And we know it was an opinion show. But when you know what you're saying, I mean, Fox News, if I'm not mistaken, invented the term fake news. And now and they were giving us fake news. And he was the main fake news guy. And it was all in writing. And so he doesn't even like the president that he's fawns over on television. And he doesn't even believe what he's saying about the rigged election. And and on top of it, you start talking about your boss's family. You're not as rich as your boss. No matter where you work, you're not as rich as your boss. You start talking about your boss's family. You start using B words and C words to describe family members and coworkers, and you're not going to be around very long when you put it in writing. Well, Fox News came up with the loud, blinking orange alert. Fox News alert. Right. Fox News alert, and it could be anything now. It doesn't get anyone's attention because every break is a Fox News alert, but I told you this in the last one. I think the reason the conversation came up was when the Dominion case was settled, instead of going to court, Fox never talked about it. Literally never talked about right. it. They didn't talk yep. about it on their shows. They acted like it didn't exist, which got me so aggravated that I wanted to talk about it on the podcast. And then when they whacked Tucker and they whacked him, they didn't put up another orange-blue news alert. I'm right. like, that's the biggest guy, the highest-rated guy. Doesn't that get a news alert? Doesn't that get blinking lights and flashing signs? And they didn't even do that. And they ignored it. The biggest talent they've had, maybe the highest rated show of all time for that show. And they acted on the channel that it didn't happen. So you got to be able to report the news. Even CNN, when Don Lemon got fired, he likes to leave the reservation. Think about Don Lemon. Right. He gets a little loosey-goosey on New Year's Eve or he wants to talk to the ladies <laughs> right. about this or that. Uh, he can get a little off the reservation, and he got let go. And at least John King broke in on CNN and said, you know, this is news. This is happening here because the people who watch cable news watch their tribe. They watch their people. Yep. So if you're going to take one or two of them out, you might as well mention it on the channel. That's why these people tune in to see those pundits and opinion makers. Well, there's something that has happened over the course of the years. We've noticed it in sports talk. When I would tell the truth about Kobe or joke that Kobe was running the kidney stone offense where he refused to pass, well, who was the biggest Kobe homer and Laker homer? There was me. But sometimes I had to deliver you know, the, the facts. If you have to, and when, as a news anchor, when, when the Republican governor of Arkansas's daughter is tw works in the White House and she's, she's testifying under oath that the president tried to grab the steering wheel in the limo, I'm not a bad guy. I've got to report this. And people got upset that I was reporting the news. You're not a Trump hater if you're delivering news and it's about Trump and it's true. You're not a Kobe hater if you're delivering news about Kobe and it's true or LeBron or, or, or the Golden State Warriors or Dominion or Tucker Carlson. You got to tell people the news. And you're not a hater if you're just giving people the facts. People think you have an agenda when you deliver real news. It's insane. Well, and speaking of media, there's a whole bunch of news thrown out, ESPN Radio. I always get along with everyone. I got friends at all the networks. I yep. worked at Fox Sports Radio. I work at Mad Dog now. I worked at a bunch of local big stations. There are the some country. cities where we know, the in, in San Francisco and yeah. L.A., where we know the whole lineup. And we're, we, yep. I, we think we've gotten along with everybody, literally, yep. 
from every level of a broadcast team, from every level. So, you know, you saw some of the news about the ESPN uh, firings, and they ended up yeah. firing program directors in New York and L.A., and I just, you know, I don't want to see anybody lose their job, especially in radio. We know how it's changed. Right. But it comes down to the point where they can gather people together for wine and cheese and cocktails and tell you at conferences how great radio is. And they don't do a breakout session on what happens if they're going to whack these people a month later. No one wants to talk about this and how to help oh them God. get jobs after this happens. So, you know, it's either fluff or sky is falling, but media is making changes quickly because of streaming, because of radio going to podcasting, because of sales revenue that they're struggling with. I mean, if the My Pillow guy went away, if the My Pillow guy went away, would they have a commercial? On Fox, oh. or would they have to go to those two little five-hour energy vegetable things they sell and run that in a loop around the clock? I mean, yeah. where are the advertisers? Hey, don't forget no. Nugenics. <laughs> well, that's you. God, you're gonna you're gonna have houses in Milan and Miami <laughs> for all your new channel. You, Frank, and uh, Doug, everybody. Yes, right. Along very good later but on. But usually, and that's when you know. You know, if you're listening to a radio show. Or you're watching TV shows, and the it's the same commercials over and over, and it's a Vegematic, uh, or some uh, the, the, a memory pill, or a pillow. Then you know the show you're watching doesn't have advertisers. I have a client in Vegas who has a wholesale meat company, so I get a meat hookup. I'll right leave it off here because they're not advertising on this. Okay. And I also have the same client who's a jeweler, right? He has a jeweler, so I represent him on the radio. And he called me the other day, and he goes, "I love." I love how you represent us on the radio. I go, why? He goes, because you talk about using the product. You talk about grilling the meat. You talk right. about coming in and getting an upgrade for your wife with the jewelry. And you actually know my staff and know people. I don't know if anybody at Fox News knows the My Pillow guy, unless he's standing in line at Mar-a-Lago, like trying to get in and take a selfie, you know, yeah, as he's on the red right. carpet there. But there is a fight for advertising in all forms of media. There is a level of wokeness which is a word I don't use much. There's a level of race baiting. Yeah, people use woke when it's just something they don't like. Yeah. In general, there's just a lot happening in media right now, and the only advice, because we know a lot of younger guys in the business and gals watch this podcast because they wait for us. They wait for me to talk about this in here, right. is that when you go to work, just don't curse. When you go to work, if there's a woman, because yeah. in, in sports radio it's all guys, which is unfortunate. If you go there and there's no woman on the lineup, don't make fun of women. If you go to an outing with the radio team, don't get smashed and get a DUI. That's just like only like three things you got to do to survive it's in incredible. radio. And, you know, don't and, don't and, use and, language. And, don't don't talk down to women and don't look like an idiot at the Christmas party. Then you'll be pretty good. And we both got the switch. We got the switch because a, I have the switch because of a my mother did not like cursing, so we did not curse in her house. And it was a no cursing rule. So I've always had the switch. And then I go into a business where there's no cursing. So you and I both have the switch. So it's easy not to use words. And it's, you know, it's, it's easy, not hard. And, it's, uh, and sometimes, maybe when you're 20 and 40, it's hard not to talk about sex at work. But it's not that hard not to talk about sex at work. There's a lot of other hours in the day. You got your phone. And you got uh, your other uh, 
20 hours of the day to uh, to, to, to talk about that, so, or 16 hours of the day. Well, I so, feel sad for the, the current now generation. I can't keep up with millennials or Gen X or Y. I think it's Gen up. Y right yeah, now. I, I don't want to keep up. I call this the hybrid generation. Okay. Because everybody gets to work from a hybrid now. Even oh, kids, yeah. My yeah. son's age and others are in the interview process to get a damn job. And yeah. they're in the interview and they're like, oh, do you have anything you'd like to ask us? And they go, yeah, I'd like to only work um, in the office one or two days a week. They say that on their interviews now because right? they know they yep. could get another job or they could work from home. So I call this the hybrid generation. But when I was in my 20s and going into my 30s, especially my 20s, it was always great as a stockbroker in real estate, getting into radio. It was always good to go to work because I made so many friends at work, especially in my Wolf of Wall Street boiler room era when I was there. It was all men. I mean, all men, 200 men, 200 men in a room selling stocks. And you know what we did when we were able to leave work? We all went to the bar, yeah. talked to girls, to meet girls, it's have terrific conversations, You're right. and, and to have interaction. Now you got kids in this new generation working one day a week in the office, four from home, or doing the hybrid, and they're very productive. They wouldn't be able to keep these jobs because they all have supervisors and they all have people that can look at their time when they log in. They work their ass off and they work smart, but they don't have any interaction unless they go out with their work, their fellow workers, and they don't because they're working from home. So I'm worried about this hybrid generation. They're not having the interaction outside the work environment. So they know how to behave in the work environment if they had to go to work five days a week. Well, in we, would have, we would have been OK because we keep, you and I collect friends and we keep them from from high school, from, from elementary school, high school, college. And uh, so if I didn't make friends in my 20s, which I still have from the sidewalk cafe in Venice. Uh, after I got my incredible prestigious college education, I did a couple of years of a uh, few years of radio in uh, Syracuse. And then I moved to L.A. And Sidewalk Cafe in Venice, everyone was in their 20s. It was like below-deck Mediterranean. You know, <laughs> everybody's in their 20s. Everybody's dating. Everybody had an opinion about who's dating who. People are drinking together and doing other things at night. Wink, wink. And it was terrific. And that's what people people 20 to 40 tend to socialize. Many times they're done with high school. If they went to college, they're done with that with people they work with. And I, if you miss out on that, I have a, a, a friend who was a... a an intern who I helped get a job at the NFL Network, and then he moved to uh, Portland. And I uh, was working for Microsoft or something, there is, but the social life is still a lot of other friends that he already had because it's not friends at work because he's working from home so much. Well, remember my radio uh, behind the glass, behind the curtain. You should have much more important friends outside of radio. And outside of work, yes, yes. And for us, it's radio. Yes, but very important. I, I think we might be losing that too. Little wink, wink, hint, hint for everybody. And I wish you could go back in the hot tub time machine to 1987, 88, 89. When I get off of work and we'd have the Brooks Brothers suits on and there'd be 30 Porsches, 20 BMWs lined wow. up in Huntington, Long Island. Wow. To one bar and everybody going, no, I got the this round no i insist i got this round no i got this round and lining up shots and to see right outside oh, the bar wow, you know yes. 30 those to 40 sports cars back in the day now i don't know if those cars were left overnight a lot of the guys <laughs> got in those cars which oh, were right. weren't smart to do but uh be careful when you hit the oh. road hey, one one quick uh, fun fact here 
And that is in terms of drinking and driving. When people talk about the liberal media or the news media agenda or trying Mm -hmm. to make the media the enemy, like I was talking about earlier, trying to make the news the enemy. Everything changed. We used to joke about drinking and driving. People used to be against laws about drinking and driving. You know, you can see the videos if you go online right up through to the 70s. Then early 1980s, 60 Minutes, one of your favorite shows. One of your dad's favorite shows and one of mine, 60 Minutes, did a profile on drinking and driving and the scourge that it is. And with that 60 Minutes profile, that 60 Minutes profile changed America. And new laws came down lightning fast after that 60 60 Minutes profile about drinking and driving. So the news media can help drive agendas in wonderful ways and change the world especially with that subject. Sports media, cable, or radio, we're now in the list era. You know, we have other eras, right? Yes. (laughs) Pre-war era. But but the sports (laughs) radio industry, right, has stolen stolen from USA Today and David Letterman. The dead dead ball era, the steroid era. Now we're in the Uh, era of list, and they all stole from David Letterman. So a typical radio host or cable sports guy goes into work every day. They sit down, and then they go over lists. Kind of like yeah. a much more top five, top ten. And it's it's easy. It connects everybody. Everybody yeah. can remember far back and what era the players were. So I was thinking about this before we came on today. Steph Curry, who scored 50 against Sacramento. Oh, I saw your tweet. Let me take a look. Yeah, to close out. He closed out the Sacramento Kings. He's the boogeyman. Oh, he was my incredible. God. Right, so he ended up doing that. And now we're going to have two weeks of Steph versus LeBron. So when you look at any list of the all-time top 10, you should have the top 10 hockey players of all time, baseball players. It's not hard to do. You should be smart enough to be able to compare Babe Ruth and Barry Bonds, Pete Rose and Ken Griffey Jr. It's not hard. Math is hard. You know, solving, you know, really issues in space are hard. It's not hard to talk sports. I saw a lot of people tweet out and talk about is Steph Curry now in the top five or trending to the top five instead of top 10. Well, I don't think he's a top 10 basketball player of all time yet, but he's pretty close. And I don't know if we'll get to top five. So on my list, I said Magic Johnson is the greatest point guard of all time. Michael Jordan is the greatest two guard of all time, along with being the greatest defensive player to ever reside in the backcourt. Bob Cousy, Oscar Robertson, and Steph Curry round out the top five. But as soon as I press send, I said, oh, Kobe. Oh, my God, I forgot Kobe. You don't forget Kobe. I started thinking about Kobe for a second. I have Magic and Jordan. These are just guards ahead of Kobe. Bob Cousy, the greatest winner of all time with six championships. Define basketball for a dynasty. Oscar Robinson, the triple-double, when it really was the triple-double. And is there a chance that Steph can end his career looking forward another five or six years better than Kobe? No, I don't think so. No, No, I don't. But here's the thing. There are always this other tier of of blazing superstars that changed the game who do belong in the conversation or just on the Mount Rushmore if you can fit eight on there. And a, a couple of those guys would be Dr. J, Steph Curry, and Kobe Bryant. Maybe not the greatest of all time, and maybe not the, on the greatest starting team of all time, but could be. And they'd be on that bench. They'd be one of the ten. 
and they they can be, they're in like a special category of the of their own, those three, and there would other be other three, other people in that category as well. But uh, hold on a second, I'm talking yeah. if a Mexican drug cartel had a gun to your head, okay, and they were asking you who's all time better, Steph Curry or Kobe Bryant. I'll go first. I'll go. Steph is the greatest shooter of all time right now. Right now, he's the greatest shooter. Well, of all they time. were both. See, it's 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 a tough call because they're both killers. They're both mambas. Mm-hmm. They're both boogeymen. They are. they are boogeymen. You think you got this game in the bag? No, I'll drop fifty. You think you got this game in the bag because you've been leading every second? No, Kobe's going to hit a game-winning shot with no time left, and he's going to take it. That's another thing too. Yeah, he missed a lot of those over the years. You know why? He always took it because he wanted it. Which is what made him one of the best of all time. Well, I count I count rebounds, and I love defense. I love defense. Okay. You don't see a lot of it all the time. So right. Kobe was such an elite defender, and Jordan was the greatest at the guard position. I didn't see Kuzi. Right. And, you know, John Stockton could only do so much. And let me give you the rest of the list quickly before I forget, because the rest of the list, man, you want to talk about depth. Also, John Stockton, Isaiah Thomas, Walt Frazier, Jason Kidd, and Steve Nash are on any list. That would be yep. your second tier. But Kobe is the one in between, and he reminds me a lot of Steph because Steph played behind the arc. Kobe got to the rim better. Steph can get to the rim brilliantly, by the way. He can get right to the rim. It's unbelievable. Yeah, like with, with shots that should not work in the NBA work for Steph Curry. I, Iverson, too. Iverson. Was <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he got a, to the rim. A beautiful but player, 110% the, all the time. It's The defense is laughable. I mean, Steph can only play so much defense. He put on some right. muscle, and he got a little bit strong. But Kobe, Kobe could lock you down. Steph can't lock you and down. Kobe could get in here uh, better than Steph Curry. Kobe could get in here on you. Well, as we preview this series, because this feels like the finals. It doesn't feel like the West. Yeah, but did you see Gilbert Arenas' story about Kobe? How Kobe walked, Kobe walked up to him and said, who are you guarding this game? He said, well, I'm guarding you, Kobe. He said, well, what are you wasting a foul on him for, you idiot? Because <laughs> like, he, he had fouled somebody else. Now you only got five. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Kobe could really get in your head. Well, when we preview this uh, best of seven, it might be best of six. I think the Warriors are just a better team. They move the ball better. They pass. Four guys touch it. I wanted the Sacramento Clay. Kings they, so bad. They got You got Steph and you got Clay, and then this – Looney, by the way, yes. we've been waiting for Looney. Looney's now elite. He's almost elite. He went from being on the bench to playing to exponentially like better every year. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I think the Warriors are the better team. Experience means something. Anthony it Davis does mean and LeBron something. have a lot of experience. Right. I mean, LeBron and Anthony Davis are never going to lose. But they just they slapped this team together with super glue weeks ago. This oh, Laker team. Both so, teams sucked in the regular season. I know. Well, I know how how know dare they play in this series, considering they didn't even care. They didn't even care about the regular season, and now we're getting rewarded with an unbelievable two oh, weeks of basketball, we? two oh weeks of this God. on every other night. LeBron and Steph, and, you know, people love to hate the Lakers, and this just gives Clipper fans something to do. What's more important than a Clipper game? A Laker game for Clipper fans because they get to cheer against the Lakers. 
So it's it's going to be it's going to pull everybody in because they have the glamorous team and the Golden State Warriors and the team people love to hate uh, unless they're Laker fans with the Lakers and I, I I'm just so excited about it and you're right it's uh they they did and the Lakers had what did they open up one and nine or two and eight it was insane and uh they were just so bad but Rob Palenka. The Rob Lowe lookalike in that front office who gets a lot of crap, and he's already got one championship under his belt, and now he's got he's made a trade where this team is is playing as well as anybody in the NBA. And Anthony Davis is back to playing it like a top five player. LeBron is LeBron, and it's it's not going to be it, this is going to go six or seven games. And I just think the Warriors' experience is what worries me as a Laker fan because these Laker guys are just getting to know each other. Name another podcast that you watch or listen to that could start off with bread, evolve into Tucker Carlson, <laughs> going up against Steph Curry and LeBron in the NFL draft. As always, thanks for listening and watching to the JT and Looney podcast. <laughs> Way to help me write the promo at the end. I love it. There you go. <laughs> All right. Everything else good? Yeah, hang on. Let me... Uh... Pause there for us. How symmetrical once again. Thank you for listening to all 36 minutes and 36 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast brought to us by Bet Online or brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.